Hello and welcome to episode number nine of Earth Repair Radio. That permaculture is exactly right time it has entered into the picture. Now it is trying to reconnect. So what is the connection we lost? Lost the roots of Indian agriculture. Exactly permaculture talks about those things. We are trying to reconnect with permaculture principles. Now we don't have much resources. The resources have been depleted with the whatever the minimum resources which you are having, with the conscious use of the, those resources by following the permaculture principles. Biodynamic and organic agriculture, natural farming, Vedic agriculture, spiritual farming, and lot of other uh, school of thoughts are going very strong movement. Definitely may take time. It has to. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Andrew Millison, and today I am interviewing a husband and wife team, Narsana and Padme Coppola, the founders of Aranya Agricultural Alternatives and the hosts of the International Permaculture Convergence and Conference in Hyderabad, India, coming up in November of 2017. Narsana first learned permaculture 30 years ago from Dr. Venkat and was there when Bill Mollison and Robin Francis originally brought permaculture to the Indian subcontinent. They have both been working tirelessly with farmers on seed saving in tribal areas, with water harvesting, tree planting for decades, and have a great deal to share about permaculture's impact in India. So, enjoy the show and... Have a listen. Hello, Narsana and Padme. Hello. Hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, talking to you right now in Hyderabad, India. And I'm I'm really honored to have you here and uh, to hear more about permaculture in India and hear more about the International Permaculture Conference and Convergence coming up at the end of this year. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So we'll just go right into it here. Um, a lot of people have seen the uh, video of Bill Mollison there in India, probably shot back in the early 80s. And I was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about the history of the permaculture movement in India. Thank you, Andrew, for... Uh giving this opportunity to talk about the Indian permaculture movement. And exactly, I'm, uh, this is the 30th year of Indian permaculture movement. So I think I am in that movie, there's a first movie made by Bill Mollison, that is a global gardener. I think uh, that is a, one, of the, one of the movie I come across entire my permaculture journey. This is where exactly the Bill used to talk about the how the globalization and the capitalism will work towards these markets and agriculture, how they ruin these kind of policies in entry, particularly in third world countries where most of the countries are depend on agriculture. I think that is what exactly I'm experiencing after even 30 years when I met Bill Mollison in 1987. So this is a very interesting to share that information as far as the movie is concerned. But if you look at entire history of uh, Indian uh, permaculture movement. I happened to meet uh, Bill Morrison in 1987. I think before one year, I think he had been, he came to India in 1986. 
is I happened to meet Dr. Venkat. At that time, we had a um, few bunch of people, those who are interested to have this kind of knowledge from different alternative resource people like Bill and Fukuoka and these are the people at that time, they were world across, they were looking for some new direction to the agriculture. So at that moment, Bill Mollison was uh, going to Bombay, I think he's planned to go Bombay. Meanwhile, these one of our um, uh, mentors, they came to know about uh, Bill Mollison traveled to Mumbai, is coming to India from there, he's moving to, well, he was going to um, Mumbai. So then he, uh, they sent him a message and they requested him to stop in Hyderabad. So he was agreed and we had a two-day workshop on permaculture, very informal way of kind of thing. And at that time, I think is that is a, one of the triggered many issues, looking at the dry lands and the Deccan plateau and the people, agriculture systems and a lot of things are going on in dry lands. I think the cropping pattern and the people's livelihood and the livestock. I think a lot of these things is was very interesting for to discuss with him. I think then he decided to um, have a PDC course in India along with Robin Francis. So in 1987, Robin Francis and Bill Mollison came for PDC and they conducted a PDC for 15 days. I think that is where exactly the it has the permaculture seeds have been sown in this uh, Deccan Plateau soils. I think that is the one of the one of the issue where at that time most of the people were looking for some alternatives. In the in the same time, the Dr. Venkat, who was the person who was medical doctor, I think he is turned out to be a, one of the resource person to the Indian permaculture movement. I think is a being a medical doctor. I think is a very knowledgeable person, very committed to this kind of alternative systems. I think they have very became a very good friend of Bill Mollison. I think in 1987, after the PDC, one of the NGO is invited them to in, uh, implement these principles on their uh, own property. Have about 3.25 acres of land. I think that is where exactly when Kurt and I was started my permaculture journey designing and implementing and that is where exactly the things have been took shape. I think that 3.25 acres of demonstration, permaculture demonstration, functional form drew a lot of attention even world I mean, across the world. I think they came to know about this formatting. Most of these things, what we discussed, what we uh, started doing, the things, I think all the knowledge what we acquired from the Deccan region in a permaculture way, I think there we Venkat and I and including some more people, I think we did most of the principles, whatever the principles apply to those conditions, the semi-arid area where the rainfall is almost all 630-650 mm rainfall, in those areas how is applicable, how the applied permacultures are important in those areas. So since then, I think we had a very in good touch with Bill Mollison and he was every year he wanted to come and see the changes, how it is taking place, this movement in India. I think uh, every 88 he came and 89 he came. At that time, I think he felt this is the right time to start a permaculture where 
the need is there so that is how he felt that and immediately suggested to indian um, some of the people those who are like minded those who are thinking this alternative and particularly there are people like ks gopal and dr vital rajan and dr venkat and vasanta tanabiran and these are the some of the people satish i think these dr biksham and uh, some more people we are ready and they are all the board of directors of this ngo i think then we thought of having it in a in a full scale to take into the different parts of the india as well but first of all we wanted to implement these principles uh, permaculture principle into there where the uh, the ngo is working in those project area so there we started exactly what we learned we wanted to replicate these by applying those principles onto the small and marginal farmers and uh, at that time slowly we have almost all a lot of connection between the other ngos those who are already working on those same lines the dr bill was every time he was he used to talk about i think we need to have a role uh, identity and entity of having a permaculture kind of spectrum where we need to work closely working together this movement has to be continued till whatever the principles we are talking it has to be go into the uh, areas where the people are looking for some alternatives hmm. so that is how the it was founded and it is uh, is a told by bill best thing to have our own organization that is uh, indian there's a permaculture association of india with his support with his uh, uh, initiation in india we could able to uh, um, register a society that is called uh, permaculture association of india the same year he has given a copyrights to translate the um, in uh, permaculture designers manual book i think that is a very uh, very uh, um, at that time very very important for the things to be taking shape into the permaculture at the same time this reprinting book in india indian edition was very very important for the other people those who are looking for some because they are not able to buy that kind of expensive book he has given copyrights to publish and we have copied printed about 500 copies and even very closely we are working with the government as well government has come forward to advance some money to print this book and they in turn they purchased all the about 300 books the government of india and government of andhra pradesh at that time they have came uh, voluntarily they purchased 300 books i think that is one of the uh, area where this permaculture world has started spreading to the different parts of the country i think in this whole uh, journey i we are more into the kind of teaching more than the teaching and we are talking about uh, permaculture at the same time we have started working on the uh, people's lands i think most of them are small and marginal farmers and semi arid areas where exactly what we permaculture we are talking the all the elements which we are uh, planning to implement that is very very suited to this area we have started working on those lands at the same time we started a network among the ngos those were already working on these same lines so in the 1989 again venkat proposed a national um, uh, uh, national permaculture convergence in 1990 1989 90 so that year i think we have invited able to invited many 
like-minded people and alternative uh, school of thought people have attended that national conference. I think it has turned out almost 120 uh, participants. I, I, in that, we have made a lot of decisions and some resolutions. But the, finally, we have a network kind of uh, permaculture movement on individual level and uh, NGO level. So this as exactly the uh, 1990 after that, I think this we started more into the uh, small and marginal farmers in other uh, parts of the country and other states as well, Tamil Nadu and Kerala and Karnataka, which is almost of similar conditions, similar similar conditions prevailed in those states. That is again the severe and low rainfall areas, not much resourceful areas and small and marginal farmers and where they are uh, looking for some alternatives. I think they are, they are exactly the things which are shaping into a lot of alternative uh, things. At the same time, these globalization and a lot of seed companies are very, very strong. They are coming and uh, into the systems where already they have control over most of these resources. At that time, permaculture is, took a very strong stand against these some of these things. We, we united, we invited many NGOs we started a network to fight against these kind of multinational companies and seeds and most of the small and marginal farmers issues we have taken to the government and we have uh, started planning to uh, uh, apply, uh, apply these principles on those lands. I think slowly we have took up a shape, a permaculture movement in India. I think that is the brief history about uh, about the work which we have carried out yeah. and we have tried our best to take in these principles into the uh, resourceless areas that's called as a semi-arid and arid areas mm -hmm. where there are most of these uh, principles are applied. Adding to what Nasana said was like always like many of the farmers and NGOs they used to visit the permaculture farm where Dr. Venkat and Nasana and the we team as uh, supported to develop that land but always there is a question from the farmers is it a practically applicable to the community level so that is always individual farmer level how best we can take it out we can implement it we can adapt it in the same lines like so Nasana and me also we thought that why can't we do our own land so after that we purchased a piece of land and started the implementing the permaculture principles and the things in the, in the permaculture approaches. So dryland agriculture in the same area, 11.5 acres of the permaculture land uh, developed since last 15 years. So it has been a learning center to the many of the farmers and NGOs and individuals. Now still it is running, it's going on. Nice. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a lot of people that are listening may not know about the climate of the the Deccan Plateau. And I know in the Bill Mollison video at the time, he said that there had been a prolonged drought there when he had first visited. Do you want to speak just a little bit about the, the climate there and um, the the uh, possibility of, of drought there and, and what it's like for people? Yeah, it was... Uh... The interestingly, uh, the Bill Mollison, when he visited in 1987, again in 1989, 1990, 1991, I think, he continuously for four years, he was very 
uh, visiting these areas, I think he's found many interesting issues. Like drought is very common in this area because the drought is not very new for this region. But the, interestingly, the people are started uh, in this uh, in the drought situations. The the, the people have uh, switched over to some of the uh, commercial crops like digging wells and bores, and they are going for the uh, commercial crops. During that time, most of the drought situations to face this this kind of challenges. He was uh, most of the time he was talking about the dryland farming and the cropping pattern. I think that is one of the topic you might have noticed in the even in the introduction to permaculture. He added one topic: how the what the cropping pattern, what are the uh, cropping in these drought situations, what they thrive better, how we can change looking at the these climates. I think in the drought situations we have to save our own seed and we have to adopt this kind of drought coping mechanisms like like for livestock we have to protect at the same time you have to go for this kind of varieties which there's a land races are very very strong in this area i think there the drought at the same time the livelihood i think most of the, in this area where he was uh, pictured that uh, filmed in this area is the more uh, all farmers are one one and a half acre land holders i think they are very poor in those situations how the people can make a, 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 their livelihood out of these kind of situations with protecting their livestock at the same time their livelihood. I think this is where exactly he was talking about the drought situation in the same area in Deccan Plateau. If you totally the, the very the rainfall is about 630 mm, uh, 650 mm rainfall in those areas most of the rainfed areas only 28 percent of lands are having some water irrigation sources. I think these situations, I think we have to, one of the uh, fundamental thing we need to think about go for the perennial cropping systems rather than just as the annual things. That is where exactly the 3.25 acres of land we converted into most of the 80% of land under perennials, only 25% of the perennial uh, annual crops. So there we wanted to show in that picture is the Fastapur form, whatever the picture uh, it is in the picture in the film, I think there's a more emphasis on perennials rather than the annuals. Annuals are important. At the same time, you have to concentrate these perennials. So there is where exactly your security, the food security, not for humans, also the animals which are there living. I think they are, that is one of the important element in the entire permaculture system and the ecosystem. I think that, you have, that way you have to protect by introducing a lot of diversified farming systems into these uh, very fragile, very sensitive areas like semi-arid and Deccan Plateau area. That's what the I my understanding at that time. Yeah. I think after I watched several times that movie, I think that's what I understood also. Yeah. And then just did you say you said six hundred millimeters of rainfall? Is that what you said? Yeah. Average rainfall. Average, Average rainfall. rainfall. Yeah. And you said what did you said twenty five percent perennials typically, or you said twenty five percent annuals. Yeah, no, 25% annu- uh, annuals and seven, uh, yeah, 75% as a perennial Perennials, perennial. yeah, perennial. nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. So um, wh- what is your work like in India? I know that you work with farmers and, you know, what's what's the focus of your work at this time there? Um, <laughs> very interestingly, I, my work is like not actually, uh, my turning point for my work is the, uh, since I was working, I inspired by Bill Mollison and his uh, work and the commitment and the interaction between uh, Bill and me and 
my indian my indian mentor was dr white but is a great uh, committed great person i always i respect lot of respect towards him because he is the person who uh, changed the entire the idea what i had about agriculture i think there is a big uh, change in my life as well then i thought i think permaculture is not just as agriculture also it is a more thinking and more understanding the whole um socio economic at the same time social agriculture systems rather than just agriculture i think that's where exactly he was most of the time bill is very very strong at, at one point of time i was talking about the indian agriculture i think you have to look at the how the globalization the capitalism is is a is a is a driving towards the people in the almost of this a deadness and a lot of commercial cropping how they are pushing into the trap of these entire uh, mnc's uh, net so this kind of agriculture i think we need to think about more in a social perspective rather than economical perspective so that's where exactly my thought has totally uh, totally been changed so then i thought little bit i wanted to make uh, more than the uh, except uh, other than the agriculture i wanted i am looking for the some other more alternatives what could be possible in this direction could i could i could do it only the permaculture other than that could i able to do something so in this uh, whole journey i was found a one of the issue very strong issue in that i always used to say that in dr venkat and bill was very common a lot of similarities in their discussions i think we make them to access to the resources rather than deprivation most of these uh, deccan region most of the resources are deprived i think that we 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 wanted if we wanted to make the um access to the resources i think the people need some resources like land land is the one of the one of the basic need to have every person every individual every family must need some land then only they could able to do some permaculture whatever we agriculture this kind of agriculture we are speaking i think that is a turning point for my work entire then i started more into the agriculture and permaculture and the activism how i could put to together and how we are look as a permaculture in full uh, shape of uh, a, a thing where all these things are very important for getting the these people to make them access so in this entire light of this uh, um, work i think i started working with the landers for and then they become a land holders and the tribals and the non tribals and semi arid areas wet areas and the totally dry areas these are the these are the opportunity i got to work with this kind of people i think this is where exactly the permaculture talks about how these principles are applicable and in every areas not only the just semi arid or arid also wet areas they have their own problem here we are talking about the we are talking about the water harvesting the if you go to the wet areas is the water management there is the excess water and there is no less water is totally no water here so in these areas i started working with the communities like about almost all 50000 farmers in wet areas and almost all more than 1 lakh people in the semi arid and dry areas i think this is the one of the area where i got a lot of confidence to apply those principles then i moved to the tribal areas where i learned most of these things what is a very uh, very applicable very very lot of practices the principles which we are talking about the for the tribals tribals are almost all there very very totally they live with forest all they are all uh, forest dwellers a simple living style living lifestyle and they have rich food 
and there are a lot of diversity how we can work with those how we can work with them and how we learn these things and how take this information to the plain areas where there is no much access to this kind of resources they have to develop those resources today we are working in all areas of wet and semi arid and dry and some of the ngos and some of the uh, we are trying to work with the government institutions and they are most of the government uh, uh, departments are they are seeking some uh, resources from aranya and that is how the permaculture is not in directly in permaculture because the permaculture is one of the principles and the elements which we are missing today in our entire system that elements that practices we are trying to implement in those areas where the people are required hmm. adding to what nasana said was since the beginning of aranya agriculture alternatives like uh, we are into the natural resource management especially to reach in the larger areas we need to work with the government to reach the farmers like uh, like watershed watershed area is like water conservation soil conservation vegetation development so all other things it's like a hectares of the lands need to be developed and water conservation need to be done that is the first activity which we have taken up as aranya like the tribal areas dryland agriculture vegetation development irrigation management all these areas we are, when we are working with the farmers with the different project always we are following the permaculture principles how this ecological agriculture is the permaculture helps to the farmers like in the conventional agriculture systems how the farmers can utilize the permaculture philosophy like when you are developing the when you are working with the tribal farmers i'll give few examples of it when you are working with the tribal farmers like tribal farmers until they saw the fruit of the trees they don't like the trees because always they came from the forest area so because it's like existing forest area they came from they 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 taken out the forest they want to grow the annual crops where we started introducing the fruit crops in the tribal areas tree based farming system once they saw the fruits on the tree they started living on the farms like the mulching this is the small small concepts with the permaculture but it has reached to the large scale people like it helped them to introduce in the tree based farming systems like perennials that's what nasana is talking about the perennials how the perennials give the security food security at this same time coping mechanism to the resilient agriculture drought situations so in the dryland agriculture tree based cropping systems with the integration of annual crops it is a coping mechanism for them also integration of the livestock so these are the small level things reaching to the bigger level farmers is a, i think the permaculture help them to uh, bring the food security and the um, employment security that's where i can say even some of the areas where we are working with the women farmers like the they the own land was fallow when they started working on their own lands the lands was productive they started growing some something on the from the land so once they their land started become a production then they feel more content enough like they got the food security they got the employment security that content levels that status of the uh, poor families so this concept has given a, a larger contents hmm. wow yeah that's it's really interesting you've you've uh, presented this vision of the the vast diversity of your work from wet areas where you're talking about water management to dry areas where a lot of it's about water harvesting 
up to uh, tribal areas where it sounds like the people are living in the forest and moving towards agriculture and you're kind of using permaculture to transition them. And then you also were talking about the fact that it sounds like you work with access to land a lot where it's not just the physical permaculture systems, but it's also somewhat political in giving people access to land to even do permaculture. Am I, am I hearing that correctly that you kind of, you, you, you work somewhat in the political realm as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, you're right, Andrew, because that's where exactly I wanted to put it in a very, uh, uh, gentle way I put that there's a, uh, access to the land. I think that access to land, not just, it doesn't happen unless you have a activism. So that's what in political and at the same time bureaucrat level, everything, you have to be a little more aggressive, then only the things will get possible in most of the landless poor in the third world countries. I think exactly, exactly what you said, that is true. Mm-hmm. So it's a, all our levels, it's a, at, the, at the political level, at the same time, the, your base is your community. I think you have to make them aware on those issues. People are there as long as their awareness, if you bring them awareness among the communities, I think they will take care of their resources and they manage good. I think they well than what we do for uh, these kind of things of like movements and whatever the little more activism. I think initially it may require the transition is very, very important in any action. I think the transition is very important at the same time. We made them to uh, feel like I think we are losing something which is that basic thing, basic right to have land. I think that is the first slogan I have been given to the people, those who do not have land. I think they got land after a few years, two or three years. Some of them, most of the landless people had got land. I think that is where exactly the permaculture is the, the slogan applied to the make them uh, access to the resources. This is the one of the important resource for the people to grow their food and they make more confident and healthy food they can have from their own lands. Yeah. And there, like, it's also a big process, like motivating the people and negotiating with the government level and bureaucratic levels. And it's like moving forward, to the like the motivation levels, people to access the lands. At the same time, the procedures need to be followed. There, our role starts, like we are motivating the community to access the land. At the same time, negotiating with the government, what is the procedures farmers need, like landless people need to be followed. One is that uh, fallow land development. Another one is where the fallow land is there, government fallow land, the people should get title over there. Hmm. So another areas where the tribal areas, where they're having land, doing the uh, like cultivation since many years, but they don't have legal rights. So to get the legal rights, so that is also one of the negotiation with the tribal farmers and bureaucrats to get the patas and legal rights to access the financial loans also. Mm. Because because once you have a land, you need to have a access to the financial resources. So to have the to access the financial resources, you need to have a legal title. So to get the legal titles, so there Aranya and we together has played a major role. Mm. Wow, that's great. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are really, really thankful for the work you've done. Um, it sounds like you have been around enough and seen enough uh, different kinds of systems and different types of people there that, um, you know, a lot of people say that permaculture is just a repackaging of indigenous practices. 
And do you feel like there's a difference between modern permaculture practices and traditional Indian agricultural practices? Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that word because, yeah, even that, even if you say that thing also, I'm very happy because this permaculture is nothing but just traditional agriculture. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that, but rather wrong it, wrong with it. It is true also. But the, if you if you think in a, I'm not differentiate anything uh, much with this statement, it is true also, but I can just uh, differentiate with a little bit the, the, the Indian traditional knowledge and the wisdom, I think that's where I little differentiate with the things. It has its own uh, way to do things, but the things have been changed. It is interesting to know that also because the, the things have been changed, whatever you call it, maybe climate change and your attitude problem and the working work ethics. These are all very, very important in permaculture. I think you have to look at the nature, how it is behaving. You have to learn from nature. So it may be in the initially the Indian traditional knowledge and Indian traditional agriculture, it was systems were in place, but there's the things have been changed. How you learn from those things from nature, I think that is a challenging. There the exactly permaculture start working on those lines. So what is the lesson we have need to learn from nature nature? So this is where the things to be almost always mimicking nature. What are the things have been when the forest, when the nature it happens? how it will repair those systems. So that's very exactly in permaculture we talk about not just traditional agriculture, not food security, food sovereignty we are talking about. Having a organic food is I don't, I'm, I'm not wrong. It is right. But at the same time, having your own seed and growing your own thing and your full control over the systems. So that is the, totally we are losing the control over resources. Mm. That's where exactly permaculture talks about. You have to take control onto your hands then the systems will almost always in place. But in Indian agriculture, we are lucky people because they, systems are there, but most of the things are totally got eroded. The permaculture is exactly right time. It has entered into the picture. Now it is trying to reconnect. The, whatever the connection we lost, lost the roots of Indian agriculture. Exactly permaculture talks about those things. We are trying to reconnect with permaculture principles. So it is. It is. It's a, only the whatever the understanding about permaculture. They're right. I'm not saying wrong, but I think we are little define the permaculture in a way. It is a reconnection. I think it is already systems are there. Our job is easier. Indian Indian agriculture Indians for Indians is a job is easier to reconnect by permaculture principles. That's what everywhere I talk about permaculture principles. Permaculture in Indian agriculture roots. The Indian permaculture roots are in Indian agriculture. So this. If, if these things are uh, talking about the nothing but the practices, but we are not only talking about only just agriculture practices. We are talking about today, we are talking about the soil erosion. I think I, I, I link up most of the time I talk about the cultural erosion is taking place. I think how we can stop those erosions. The permaculture is the ethics exactly they talk about. In the Indian culture, it is a border system was there. Today we are talking about the fair share. I think exactly that is required now. Hmm. The time you have to respond to the how the problem is become a solution. Same thing you have to respond through this permaculture principles, permaculture approach. You can give some solutions to these present agriculture systems. That's where we need this kind of agriculture through permaculture. Yep. Nice. 
and and also we need to learn some of the good practices from the indigenous agriculture uh, traditional practices so whatever the good learnings are there we have to keep it up like the seed preservation and uh, soil fertility and the tree based performance systems earlier it was there now the situation is now uh, earlier it was abundance of the resources are there even water soil organic carbon everything is there now we don't have much resources the resources have been depleted with the whatever the minimum resources which you are having with the conscious use of the, those resources by following the permaculture principles so it's easy to connect the indigenous traditional agriculture systems in india yeah that's that's really really interesting um it sounds like like the problem are, are the new ways that have been uh, introduced and, you know, the traditional agricultural systems working just fine. You might say it was permaculture before the word permaculture was ever, uh, ever invented. Uh, but now you're really using permaculture to actually restore the degradation of those systems and the erosion of the traditional systems. So that's really, that's really powerful. What are, the greatest challenges that India faces that permaculture can help solve in this day? Challenges are many. I think the uh, many challenges are there, but we have, cannot solve every challenges, but they have their own priorities. So looking at the Indian context, I think the challenges right now, it is the most of things are the, the capitalism. I think it is spreading everywhere in the corner, in the nook and corner of villages and tribes and uh, towns and cities i think the consumerism and the capitalism i think this is a good friends of for the entire depleting the natural resource i think this if, if this is will continue i think is going to be a big challenge for every everybody i think every country i think now the looking at the entire system today we are driving towards driving towards the meeting their own needs I think rather than meeting their own needs, we are working for somebody. I think that is the entire agriculture system, the entire life system. We are pushing to a, towards that extent, that direction. I think nothing going to be left over after 10 or 15 years. It, it, you take any country, particularly in India, I think systems are in place. But still, I think we are the, 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 the looking at the, the natural degradation. The systems, the ecosystems are totally the rate. There is a very alarming uh, rate of destruction and uh, your depletion taking place. I think sometimes is a big threat to the entire our development. Whatever the ecosystems we are talking about, we are talking about the development. We are talking about the total system. I think where most of these things are very very challengeable to the entire any development of any country. In this scenario, how permaculture can uh, take some of these. Um, issues, challenges are as a responsibility. So this aspect we are working on very hard to looking at these things is a social responsibility. Is a permaculture. That's what I have given in a uh, in my uh, sub theme uh, towards healthy societies. That is one of the sub theme is the is a social permaculture is social responsibility, not just agriculture. I think the socially how you uh, make benefit this kind of thought process to go into the new generation children and at all levels, the political level and advocacy level and the ground level and all levels, how you coordinate these things. We need to 
improve, we need to promote these permaculture concepts and principles at every level. Then you can, you can, you can um, overcome some challenges. But it's not a challenge. I think how it takes a problem and then it's become a challenge. The problems we are taking as a challenge, definitely we are looking for this social aspects at the same time the natural at the same time the environmental how these three things we can combine and looking at the thing definitely there is in india a lot of challenges are there particularly the political and the environmental and a lot of social these things are very simultaneously we have to tackle not only just environmental challenge or not just political challenge or not just the social i think this is the, our agriculture is is a, is a, a integrated it is a tied up with all these issues. So we have to be more resilient, more more kind of um, patience. I would, we need to look at all these aspects, how best we can give some solutions to these kind of challenges. I think permaculture is very much aware of it, these things. By working with the communities, that is the only strength we have. I think communities as long as with us, and if you work with permaculture, should be, must be with communities. I think if the community work easier, most of the challenges will, we can overcome these challenges. We can work very harmoniously with this nature. And definitely this is one of the best solutions to uh, uh, overcome these challenges. And I, I hope, I think, I don't think it is a, it is a, a thing which is a challenge, but the same thing permaculture, not today, tomorrow, I think already we have a strong roots of agriculture of in a different labels and different name, different school of thoughts in permaculture, biodynamic and organic agriculture, natural farming, Vedic agriculture, spiritual farming, and a lot of other school of thoughts are going very strong movement. Definitely may take time. It has to. No, nothing can be changed overnight. But we are in a strong side. Definitely we can come across and some of these things and we definitely will overcome the challenges we'll work towards that direction definitely this movement is going to be very strong sure i will hope the future generation people may enjoy these fruits of this movement what we are trying to do um, especially if you see the soil fertility in the context of soil fertility it's a depleting of the soil fertility especially if you see the if you analyze the scientist results of the entire states and country so organic carbon is missing like the, their permaculture role will come like tree based cropping systems perennial cropping systems there is a problem there is also solutions are there if like why people wants more healthy like now many of the people they are into the, the kind of work what we are do, doing the kind of food which are, what we are eating so people want to have a better food quality food like it's also linked to the soil fertility how we can bring the like the nature only can do it how we can uh, revive the soil fertility and how we can create the biomass so how we can uh, use the like if you see the water as a resource like india is the like uh, 30 to 60 uh, 40 to 50 percent of the people so second uh, largest irrigated agriculture country now water resource has been depleted now like it's the greatest challenge is there in front of our eyes now, in the indigenous agriculture, we don't talk about the grey water management and black water management. Now, permaculture has solutions. Is grey water management, black water management. All these solutions can help us in Indian context. We can, we have to because our country is depends on the agriculture. We need to use this water resource in efficient way. 
to produce the good quality pro uh, food uh, to meet the like uh, what Nasana said towards healthy societies. People needs to be healthy for that soil fertility is required. So there are solutions we need to implement. Like people are got sensitized, so much of sensitization is there, but there is one generation gap is there. The one generation gap, this permaculture education, now youth are coming because of the globalization. People know about what is happening in the world. Like many people are attracted, like even permaculture. So in Indian context also, the many people, those who are traveling abroad and living in high, in the cities, and they know they are facing the health problems. They, are, they want to have a sustainable system, having a quality food. So that's what they are coming forward and they want to do this kind of systems. Hmm. Yeah, so it seems like that was interesting what you said about a lot of the youth now are attracted to permaculture and, you know, this the new generation. Um, that, that brings us around to the International Permaculture Conference and Convergence that you're organizing there uh, at, in November and into December in Hyderabad. And uh, I, I expect that you are really promoting it throughout India for um, lots of people from all over India who are interested in permaculture to come attend, as well as uh, lots of international visitors. I'm going to be there, and we're really looking forward to it and to seeing you there. Uh, what can people expect to learn and see and experience uh, in Hyderabad at the International Permaculture Conference and Convergence? <laughs> Andrew, it's very... Yeah, I, 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 I want to give a different uh, smell of the IPCs because I'm not in much in favor of uh, international level, any uh, any conference and convergence hosting this kind of, I'm not very comfortable, but by with a lot of conviction from the almost all since last many years, Bill used to say, Mina, why don't you host Narsana? It is time for you to do this. Hmm. You are doing a lot of work with uh, the women and many farmers, smaller farmers, smaller marginal farmers, we have a lot of strong support from community. Why don't you host it? I said, uh, like, uh, I think that is where I was not so comfortable. But at the same time, we used to discuss one more thing also. I think, shall we continue this? I'm not that person like like a big person like uh, Venkat and uh, Bill, but I was giving my thoughts to also. He was also most of the time used to say, is it this international conference are required or not? I think once upon a time, it was, uh, it was discussed also. It is... It was not so, but better we can uh, design in a such a way that why only international, national and regional and more localizing the much more beneficial rather than having international because they can may share a little bit, only general uh, things may get shared, but the localizing problems and the issues and social issues varies from place to place, country to country, region to region, nation to nation. How we can share much of these things, but only it will bring the, when it comes to the IPC, I, it will bring you a, a, a united, united picture. You can see the movement, the community, the permaculture community, world over, world across. They coming to one place and they can say, meet each other and talk to each other person. The fraternity. I think that is one of the great uh, things I have experienced in all, almost like I attended international five, five international conferences. Everywhere, many people are same places, but at the same time, every time they are different new experience i think how they are following the natural processes which how they uh, they are looking at the things how they are implementing how they are practicing this permaculture in respective countries with their uh, re limited resources 
every every conference every system every conference and every country and every small places they are coming with new ideas new ideas where they are trying to feed the people looking at their resources and conserving their resources in better manner what it was in 15 20 30 years back i think that is where the learning process continuously growing and growing i think that is the systems we may not be same problem may problem will be there the problem nature of the problem may be different i think that that is a great learning in all ipcs i have noticed but i think there is a limitation for learning also i think we have to try to implement those things i think this uh, ipc in my uh, people may learn i think from india particularly i think it's a is a lot of integrated and holistic approach we have in india we have our people our community and the entire indian agriculture i think most of the things which we are talking i think this is a very easy to easy to understand what is permaculture the word may be different but already permanent agriculture is very common in india that's why i started most of the time rather than calling it permaculture i started since very long time calling it a permanent agriculture very easy to understand by people i think this kind of things what is a permanent agriculture and what are the elements what are the systems will be in it easily the people can understand i think these things looking at the uh, ipc uh, i wanted to people may uh, see that how these systems in india these uh, small holdings how they are making it achieving their uh, uh, the uh, making their lands are very productive with the small minimum resources which means they are very close to nature not totally depleted degraded the resources which are the with the knowledge what are the limited knowledge still there is scope for to develop regenerate these energies these lands and this productive systems they establishing a very good relationship with the nature and the humans and at the same time uh, animals i think this systems it is there this is where they i wanted to let just give the gist of the indian agriculture to the international community i think that is the most of the time indian i am inviting lot of indian speakers and the women particularly that is our strength of indian agriculture women i think the that is why we have given a sub theme of there's a agents of change there's where the seed there where the seeds there's a land races food sovereignty not just food security we are talking about the small holdings the women how they best they can do their seeds their seed saving and they, they grow their own food and they're very healthy and how they can, she can explain how can she can share that resources to others these are the some of the things are very very important issues what they are doing in in a parts of country in india i think uh, tribal and non tribal and the hilly areas mountains plain areas i think different diversified uh, food habits i there 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 is one of the very interesting to um, learn from this india also so that is the uh, reason i just i wanted to uh, expect something these people definitely they may take um, back to their respective which are very may not be safe but they may um, implement some of the systems which they are very comfortable what they understood by uh, doing this kind of things in india like adding to nasanas what nasana said like where if you see my experience in the national conference national permaculture convergence like by the time like when the we expected around 500 participants for the national permaculture convergence but almost it was like 1200 participants uh, attended that conference like up, 
during that conference many of the indian participants indian farmers they have because some of them like each state has a different language we cannot even convince this, all the messages in the same language because we need to have a, each different languages but some of the demonstrations like it was help them a lot to learn and then the first conference even the conventional uh, conferences was held so the zero waste management after several years they have seen this kind of uh, zero waste management conferences with the using less less very minimum resources to organize the bigger conferences like sharing of the resources like small farmer to the bigger farmers each one of them they contributed like 1 rupee to like they farm product like rice and uh, moringa and all other things they contributed they shared to the conference like that is the after the national conference we can see the impact of the learnings of the permaculture concepts like even the bureaucratic level even the political level even the community level that is a big platform to learn from the different uh, individuals and small and marginal farmers even progressive farmers so in the similar way in ipc also like it can be a even how indian farmers are living with the one acre one hectare land whole family is living in depends on the one hectare land so maybe that can be a learning for the other country people so how like uh, how minimum resources we can live upon so the interaction between the small and marginal farmers or bigger farmers different cultural different area farmers are coming here at the same time international participants are interacting with them that is a one kind of learning so because like india got the opportunity to learn because india as a poor country we cannot travel so much all the world but entire world is coming here it's a big opportunity for indians to learn from the international community that's what we also planned in the one of the farm place mm-hmm. we our international people are coming here so they can show the some of the demonstrations see indian illiterate people also can learn something it can be a learning center hmm. i remember when you were on stage in london uh when they were yes. handing off the ipc to you and i remember narsana you said you said something like when you come to india you're not going to sit here and hear lots of big names on stage you're going to hear my i'm going to have my women farmers up here on stage and they're going to be teaching yeah. the whole international yeah. permaculture community <laughs> yeah so that yeah, was good i remember i remember that's what is the record it's on record <laughs> yeah yeah right i was there i cannot escape it Yeah. I cannot escape right now. <laughs> yeah, well I I hope that that attracts more people to the IPC, right? Because they Yeah, would, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like from yeah. what from what you're saying that people that we're really going to see uh really get an experience for people coming from outside of India like how our yeah. whole families being productive on one hectare of land you know how do people that really have limited resources how are they using permaculture to maximize production um and you know it it seems like india with the amount of farmers and the amount of the many small holdings is just one of the places in the world it's a, a prime example of how uh, a growing population throughout the world can feed themselves uh using permaculture Yeah. and one more thing i want to tell here is like during the ipc maybe you can see like many of the indian farmers like you can see the 
Indian practices, more demonstrations you can say. Now you can uh, like uh, like winnowing, like seed preservation and growing the food, like whatever the food has been grown in the communities, in the convergence site, the same food we are going to feed to the participants. Mm. So that is also we are planning, like, like the way, like uh, without uh, using more energies, how they can prepare a food for you people also you can see like you can most of the things can be seen at the convergence site nice nice so we're yeah we're going to be eating the food from the permaculture systems and having demonstrations of the food preparation and then eating the food wow that sounds really great yeah what what kind of impact do you hope the ipc leaves on india when the conference is over and everybody goes Now, I, I think like um, whole permaculture community, like after the NPC, the Indian permaculture network has formed and it is moving. Like uh, now, uh, I think when, when we attended the IPC UK, like many of the international permaculture people, they said like most of the phone calls they are receiving from the Indians, they want, seek, uh, they, they want to learn uh, permaculture, they want to practice permaculture from the international community. That's what I heard from Jeff Lawton and other permaculture teachers in IPC UK. Now, if you see in IP India, like the permaculture movement, like momentum is going on. Many of the permaculture teachers has been developed and teachers and uh, I think th hundreds and thousands of permaculture PDC holders are there. They are doing something, some alternative ecological things. Like this can be a permaculture community, can be a, a good platform, it can be a uh, like, re, like uh, replicating in many places. So the permaculture conference, uh, that is this after the conference, many of the permaculture people can come together, they can India level platform and international community can uh, networking together. Mm. Nice. Great. Yeah, um, Andrew, I think the, that is one thing I just I, I wanted to, I think this uh, IPC, I hope, I don't know, I'm not, how many people may agree with me, but I wanted to just, the, uh, I'm not a changer, I don't look at the things are good to change, but I can hope that it may the, change the face of the IPC next, I think Argentina or after that also. I think we have to somewhere we need to think about the what is living behind after the IPC. There's a, everybody's question every time. Since many years, I was uh, hearing from many people, I think not much answered. I think after IPC India, they may get some ideas to uh, improve the conducting, hosting of these kind of IPCs rather than in parks and everywhere. I think they must have the community where the different ideas, different intellectuality, different information, different resources, people are coming from across the world. I think they leave something behind with the community, what they learn, what they know, what is the share. I think that sharing, that fraternity should be with the community, with that spirit, with that uh, uh, kind of confidence, confidence, they have to, they will go ahead with those permaculture principles. Something they leave behind the IPC place so that these things to be remain with the community as long as that systems with the community, I think that is the sustainable. We are talking about that is the permanence, that is the permanent agriculture, not just 
completed IPC and going back to the respective countries again after two years, one more IPC has come. I think I think this what is we are leaving behind the hosting country, what they're really what they're expected, what they're going to do it. I think just that is the reason as I as you told, as you mentioned, I I I've announced from the dash on the day UK if I want, if I conduct, I'm conducting anyway, but if I, that's what I use the word, if I conduct, I will conduct in a form where the people should able to grow their own food and they will feed the international community. Those are all coming to the India. I think not even 10% I'm getting from outside. Whatever I feed, what I will grow, what I will uh, uh, see there that I will, I'm going to feed. That is the confidence levels today permaculture people should get. Hmm. I think that is where I wanted to see some change in this conducting hosting IPCs next year onwards. Next, uh, um, uh, uh, next uh, IPCs. Nice, very nice. Well, I'm really, really looking forward. I'm coming with my my family, and we're going to um, we're planning on staying for a couple months in India uh, when we come to the IPC. So I'm I'm I've never been there, but I'm really looking forward to having the IPC start off to show us really what the systems are and how things really are. And then we get to go and really soak up and experience and come back um, with a lot of... You're most welcome, Andrew. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. After the IPC also, you can stay. You can stay. IPC will be... IPC and after IPC as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to travel around a bit. And um, well, is there there any... I'm really uh, thankful that you guys have taken the time to talk to me here, and it's been very, very fascinating. And um, I hope that uh, this talk, how people can can learn a bit from it about really what what the issues really are in India and the history of permaculture, and I hope that it can encourage them um, to come to the IPC and to meet you in person and to see what you um, have to offer and to see all your some of the results of the amazing work that you've done over the last 30 years. So... Um, thank you so much for talking to me today. I should, I should, we should say thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Earth Repair Radio. I'm Andrew Millicent, and you can find more episodes on earthrepairradio.com.